have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me fill you in on a few things. Like first and foremost, it's free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor is going to distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's so easy, even somebody like me can do it. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I know you hear me. Hi, friends. It's your pal Bubba Brewski. And I'm here listening to I Know You Hear Me with Flynn Hendricks. He's a good guy. He goes hunting with me. In fact, last time we went hunting, he gave me a pair of antlers to wear on my head and to quote-unquote flush out the deer. He only grazed me once. Hi, I'm Will Harridge, and I'm an audio engineer. But you would not believe the amount of mediocre voice actors I get in on the daily. It's scary, honestly. I always want to recommend them to Elise Bowman, who's the best voice acting coach I know. But I'm always afraid I'm going to offend them and be out of a job. Thankfully, I send the best ones over to her anyway over at EliseCoaches.com, and they keep coming back. Hi, I'm one of the mediocre talents that Will has to work with. And really, I'm thinking about looking up Elise myself. Go look at Elise Coaches today and start your career without ending mine. What he said. All right, everybody. We are back in studio for another awesome episode of the I Know You Hear Me podcast. And I'm pretty sure you know who I am by now, but let's go ahead and give you a nice little introduction if it's your first time tuning in. I am Flynn Hendricks, and I am the host of this podcast. And if this is your first time, do me a favor. Go back in the archives and check out all of our past guests in Season 1 and all of the awesome guests we've had in Season 2 up until this point. Man, you have missed a lot. So go check us out on your preferred podcasting platform. We're everywhere. Google, Spotify, Apple. We are everywhere you get your podcasts from, and we are also on social media, so you can subscribe and follow there and keep up with everything we're doing because, trust me, things are getting bigger and bigger as we go every week. But before we get into the fun stuff tonight and before I bring on our guest, I've got a little bit of housekeeping to do. i got to thank our sponsors. I've got to thank all of our Give Me Back My Podcast Network brethren. Thank you for everything you guys do and for continuing to support and allowing us to uh, advertise on your shows as well. Very much appreciated. Very, very much appreciated. Guys, go check these other podcasts out, especially if you're into action movies, horror movies, professional wrestling. Go check it out because they got something for everybody. And if you're into all things spooky, I also have a podcast called Tales from the Haunt where myself and my co-host Just Jeff talk about what it takes to be a scare actor, how we got into scare acting, and you know just what goes into haunted attractions and what leads people into being scare actors and how they can get involved in the process as well. So go check that out. But now, without further ado, here comes the fun part, guys. Today's guest, you may remember her from season one. She has made some big-time achievements since then. I think she's even crossed off a few bucket list goals, if I'm not mistaken. But she's so nice, we had to have her twice. She was one of the first guests we had in season one. She is my little sister from Improv, 
and she's also my little sister in voice acting. So it is my pleasure to have back on the show Jennifer Silverman. Jen, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. I was going to say, speaking of Valentine's Day with the whole haunt thing, but you know, it's right, right. I mean, we we did that this past weekend. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Of course, uh, I think by the time this comes out, we'll be halfway to Valentine's again. Uh, Spoiler, I put a lot of things in the can early. Sorry. But uh, yeah, I think that might actually uh, tie into uh, the topic of today's episode, though. So thanks for that cheap little plug right there. Wink, wink. Yep. So uh, I guess it's time to let everybody in on the secret. If you listen to uh, one of my previous episodes here, you'll know that I was um, back in the hot seat and Mercedes Lewis, another previous guest from season one, threw the questions my way. She was the host and she kind of steered the ship for the hour of that show. So we're going to repeat that format and who better to do it this time than Jen. So Jen... You are in charge of the podcast tonight, and I know I'm leaving it in capable hands, so let's have some fun. What are we going to talk about? How you're never this nice to me off camera, but that's besides the point. Anyway, It's called acting, woman. It's called (laughs) acting. We're here to talk about time management, and as you listeners know, Flynn is amazing. He's a wrestler, he's a voice actor, comedian, haunted house specialist... Uh, father, um, all-around good friend. Like, he does it all. He's a jack-of-all-trades. So, first of all, how did you get started on all of this, number one? And number two, what keeps you sane? <laughs> oh. Because I know with anxiety, I'd be losing my mind. Yeah, I'm I'm quasi there. It's like I've got one foot on that side of the fence, but... um. You also forgot in there, um, let's see, husband, animal lover, um, person who doesn't get enough sleep. I, I don't know what else there is We'd be to here name. All night if exactly. We what you do. Exactly. But man, I think honestly, all of this started just because uh, man, I I want to fulfill goals that you don't get in the everyday, I guess we'll call it normal world, so to speak. I have a very, very unique mind, and I guess I'm one of those what you call creative types, because I'm, you've, you've noticed it, my wife notices it, I'm a very self-deprecating person, and I think that's a common trend among all artistic types, where Mm -hmm. we're our own worst critics, but I'm always chasing that, that dragon for fulfillment, I want to feel like I'm doing something to be fulfilled, I want to know that what I'm doing might make a difference to somebody. So whether it's the wrestling or, you know, like the voiceover, this podcast, scare acting, what I'm hoping is that somebody will take something away from this in the way that I took from like these cartoons and voice actors that I grew up on that I've been fortunate enough to meet now. And, you know, like they made an impact on me. I want to pass that on to other people and I especially want to pass it on to, you know, my family, especially my two sons, because I want them to kind of have the idea that, well, if dad can do this and chase his dreams, then so can I. And I mean, realistically, I want anybody listening to this podcast to have that same feeling because, you know, like we're not meant to just punch a clock nine to five, have two days to recover and then go right back into monotonous work all over again. We need to do things that make ourselves feel fulfilled. Otherwise, we're not giving the world the best of us. 
And I'm trying to still find myself along that journey, too, and find some sleep somewhere in there. But, you know, it's just the sense of fulfillment more than anything else to know that I'm making a difference with what I'm doing. Absolutely. And you're doing a wonderful job. I know that in improv, we rag on each other all the time. We spoke about that in the episode that I was in, but I've seen your drive and I've seen your growth from just the little amount of time this year from last year. And to see you thriving and going back into wrestling now, you you retired for a little bit, right? Uh, about that, I would think that was the second or third time or... Oh, God, what was it? Man, I don't know. Either way, it's it's been more than once. Let's just put it that way. And I thought this last time was the one that was going to stick. But no. No, it didn't. You just got to keep throwing it till it does and just seeing your growth in general. I, I could see just a smile on your face, you know. We're all artists. Like you said, Tony Oliver, I had a class with him on Sunday. Oh, nice, nice. And, and he was basically like, if you're an artist – Chances are you have some sort of neurodivergence in your brain, like something. That's why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. And um, it does keep us going. It's the same. I'm an only child. So without you guys and motivation to keep going, it's very, very hard. Understandable. It's like you're in a lock. If you're not doing your craft, then what's the point? And the fact that you can juggle it all and manage this family, your wife, having taken care of all of the things that you do is amazing. And well, thank you. I just want to know in a daily life of Flynn Hendricks, like you're nine to five. Oh God. What would you say would be aside from your wife and kids? Obviously that's the priority. Um, what would you say would be your typical day and how do you divvy up that time? Man, in, in all reality, I'm going to go ahead and say that I wish I could go back to what I was doing like back in 2019 before the pandemic where I was getting up at like 3.30 or 4 and I was going to work out, then going to work and, you know, like basically just going to bed early. Like that was the perfect schedule. But then it's like as soon as I got in the swing of that, COVID hit. Everything got ruined. I got a gym at home, which is awesome, but you start working out at night, it gets harder to fall asleep earlier. So... It's gotten to the point where I'll wake up at 6 or 6.30, depending on if I have a meeting at 7. I'll push the snooze button more than I should, and yeah, it's harder to get up at that point. Um, If I have time, most times I'll take a shower the night before. Other times I'll take it in the morning to wake myself up, but, you know, I do that. From there, I I get to see the kids before they go to school now, which is awesome. Um, But then I go to work. Uh, right now, as we're recording this, I do have a trainee who I'm about to certify to go out on his own. So I'll be finishing up with him. But generally, I'm going through servicing my customers with all the first aid, safety, and PPE, and OSHA compliance stuff that they need. Thankfully, all that's close to home, and I work with a lot of the major major landmarks in Nashville. So if you come, like chances are one of these big places that you either fly into or you stay at, I work with, and... I do that. Sometimes some of these people um, will call or email after hours, so I will say it's hard to uh, shut the switch off, especially if they're needing something. And, you know, like my job, my day ended at 3.30 or 4, and I consider that a late day. But, you know, like it's hard to go into family mode because a customer could call needing something, and sometimes it could be a life or death thing. You know, like a defibrillator gets used or whatever it may be. So, you have to make that stuff a priority even if you're off the clock. So sometimes it's hard to flip that switch. But in a perfect world, 
on certain days, I'll be able to get off a little early and go pick up my youngest from daycare. My oldest has after-school tutoring. I'll be able to work out in the afternoons, get family time, uh, wish more, but my wife goes to bed early and so do my kids. Then I'll be up a little bit later either getting a workout in or doing doing auditions or sometimes both if I didn't get a chance to do it in the afternoon. And now baseball's about to start back, so baseball's going to be in there somewhere too. So what? where is the sleep? Where is where is my sanity yeah. in all this? Now, baseball in general, like the N- uh, NFL, uh, <laughs> NBL, wow, I am happy. MLB, I'm so sorry. MLB. There we go. <laughs> I'm in football mode. I'm sorry. I am a Mets fan. Sports Don't ball, sports me. ball. Don't tune me out. Yeah, sports ball, whatever. Do you mean the big leagues, or do you mean your kids? No, it's both? it's for it's for my oldest. Uh, he's. Okay. Uh, I'll be honest. We we found what like what he's drawn to and what he actually enjoys doing, and he's actually very good at. So like, I'm trying to go full bore and just encourage him and not miss anything. You know, just to be on board with that. So he he's killing it, and I'm just excited to watch him keep getting better with it. So. That's a that's a major priority. What um what position does he play? Um man, it's so hard to say because his first season where he really got comfortable, he was great on first base, and that was like where everyone in his age range, all the coaches were like, "Boom, that kid is like solid right there." Like, you know, if he, if he's on first, they're telling their kids to hit towards third so that they don't have to worry about him getting them and stopping them. But, you know, in the fall season where it's kind of a mix of four to six and seven year old kids, that coach had him in the uh, in the shortstop position. But wow. he actually cherry picked him because he remembered playing against him and his first season coach wasn't, you know, like wasn't coaching that season. So he's like, mm-hmm. nope, he's on my team. Yoink. And <laughs> it was it was awesome just to see like he's got something now that he enjoys and that he's good at and like you can just tell he's got like this this confidence about him at such a young age it's it's so awesome to see that's amazing and he's your mini me so yeah that's yeah yeah you if you see pictures that it's it's scary look alike yep and then um, people say his little brother looks like him but i think his little brother looks like his mom so go figure I both in the younger one but i definitely see you in the older one well that explains why we have a uh, streaking potty trainer going through the house we get the best of both worlds just don't put them on south park too much <laughs> i get in trouble if i have that on in the house so no worries <laughs> no worries but yeah um so we so you're you're definitely dad of the year with that just how supportive you are with your kids. You say that, but I uh I still feel like I got some some improvements to make in that category, but thank you. I mean, every day is a working struggle. You yeah. just got to do what you got to do. And I find it ironic that you said that when the pandemic hit, your schedule was totally changed in the opposite way where you don't have as much time as you used to, whereas me who built my studio from the ground up has, I don't want to say all the time in the world, yeah. but I definitely have a more flexible schedule because studios are come and go like from your house. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go out. So that was really interesting. And then you're still exhausted. Whereas people are like, Oh, I love working from home. This yeah. and that. I would, I personally would love to go into a studio again. So how do you manage doing your auditions? Oh man. 
in. And then doing everything. Do you have a set? Do they just come in like pay to plays or do you have to set them aside and think about them later? Is it a little column A, a little column B? Um, It's a little column A, a little column B. I've got, uh, you know, the voices.com thing. Then I also have an agent who still sends me stuff. I think you're actually on the same roster as me. But um, I've got those, and then I still get the notifications every time something comes up on Twitter. Um, but the, it, yep. the thing that sucks is, is like, I'm I'm still trying to get to uh, get to a work from home position where like um, you know a previous guest of the show had even said like he has a work from home job and if he gets something that comes through it's no problem to just slide in the booth real quick knock it out and then go right back to work that's something I'm trying to uh, aspiring to get towards where I can still have the best of both worlds but um, I, I feel like the schedule I've got right now. It's I'm making the best of what I've got because I've obviously got to have the house quiet with the kids asleep or, you know, whatever else is going on because I can't have them running through the house or the dog barking or my wife vacuuming and try to send in a quality audition. But I sometimes feel like by doing it at night, I'm also kind of like shooting myself in the foot because I'm not probably in the first batch of people that is sending, but I'm still within the first day of people that are sending, if that makes sense, but... Sometimes I'd prefer if I could be in the first, you know, five or ten. That way, if I am what they're looking for, they don't have to look any further and I can book it on the spot, you know. But right now I'm in kind of a lull period where I had a a hot streak of things coming in, but now I'm in the downswing and just waiting for it to, uh, to pick back up there. That's how it always runs. That's the, that's the biz, unfortunately. Yeah, but, but it's... Um, yeah. a, I was going to say, it just I, I something I've talked to quite a few voice actors about on this show is that, like, I feel like sometimes I bring some of my, um, my tiredness from the day into these auditions, and even though if I can push through it, it may and probably still does come out in the auditions, and I'm guilty of not Got giving it. myself time to recharge my batteries because of FOMO and you know it's like I've I've got this account on voices.com or my agent is sending me this I kind of feel like I have to do it and I want to do it but Mm -hmm. I may also be better off like taking a breather for a second and then letting myself get into it you know but I guess it's uh you know damned if you do damned if you don't yeah, it also depends on the prompt. If you see a prompt that's close to, let's say, Mr. Garrison versus a pharmaceutical commercial, you're definitely going to be up and rearing to do that animation. Of course, of course. Commercial. So you do it then and there. It's like, I got to do this now. Like, run to it. And for all you know, you could get it even on your tiring, mm-hmm. your most tired day. Yep. You might still get it because they'll still hear what you are capable of. So you just never know. It doesn't matter how late you send it as long as you send it. Yes, I get it. You want to be part of the first 10%. But at the same time, if you're still getting those auditions, they still wanted you for something. They still wanted Absolutely. to hear you. Absolutely. I mean, that's and that's kind of like the silver lining right there, too. And then I think sometimes I do get a little guilty of looking at my shortlist, you know, like my percentages of shortlist compared to how many auditions I've actually sent. And then, um, you know, I still try to stay in that 10% margin if I can help it. But I think sometimes I get a little too guilty of looking at that, too, as opposed to 
Well, if they didn't want you to audition for it, they wouldn't have sent you the audition, you know? Yeah, of course. And you're doing everything right. I mean, there's no right or wrong way to do your process. Absolutely. I mean, you just, you bring your best self. Because if you don't, if you bring someone else, they obviously would have hired that somebody else. Yep, that's 100% it. And, um... Going leading into my next question is, do you think you would ever incorporate all of those into your voiceover? So, for example, um, let's say you're doing your wrestling and whatnot and they need some advertising. Would you do your own voiceover for your wrestling or your own voiceover for your kids baseball or anything like that where you can still be a part of it, but doing it on the other side? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I've even tried to, um, I've tried to do it where I moved into like, I guess a media position for the company I work with now. However, mm-hmm. they don't do that because they consider it a conflict of interest, which I hate to mm-hmm. say I get because, you know, I want the position, but of course. I, I get it. And then I also don't want to have to relocate just to be up at corporate. So yeah, but I mean, I would definitely, like, if the baseball field needed something, yeah. Or, like, I even submitted a video for my oldest career day, so, like, all the kids in his kindergarten, or the kids in the kindergarten class below him in the first grade class could see it, too. And it's like, you know, I just, I didn't do anything spectacular. I just talked about, like, being a voice actor, and, you know, that was that was a fun thing to do. But, yeah, I mean, like, if I could do it for wrestling, like... Don't get me wrong, like, if I'm in front of a crowd, I'm doing it and making fun of people, and I'm doing the voices, I'm doing the motions and everything, so it's all just because I'm a, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Animated, naturally animated. Yeah, and I'm also a whore for attention when the, you know, when the red light's on, so. You could have just stopped at whore, it's fine. Uh, (laughs) That was, that was years ago, that was years ago. (laughs) Let's be correct here, I don't want to get in trouble with my wife. I know, I'm just kidding. Um, But yeah, no, that's great. And there's, like I said, there's no right or wrong way. And people don't usually think about voice acting as a solid career because, you know, you have the film actors, you have Broadway, you have, I mean, in a perfect world, like you said, Mm pre-COVID. But now that COVID's been a thing, people are like, oh, voice acting's a thing. But they don't realize... And I'm not saying I'm not trying to dissuade anybody, but it's not just, oh, I have a voice. Let me do this. Yeah. There is so much time and energy that takes place into it. Like, oh, I have work tomorrow, but you're only recording for an hour. That takes it's a workout. Yep. And depending on what you are doing. So I. Yeah. yeah, Even the auditions are a workout. And that's that's one thing, too. Um, That's one thing I hate, but I also don't want to discourage somebody from following their dream, like you said, because in this process, you know, like COVID hit, you started noticing, and I've noticed it in a lot of workshops and classes I've been in, people will just be doing this like they have no setup, which I don't know their situation, so I I can't speak to that. I can't speak positively or negatively, but, you know, like they're doing it with a, you know, like with a $20 mic they got off of Amazon or no mic at all. But these people are also submitting auditions, and I was on the the platform Casting Call Club at one point. Yep. And, you know, like, you hear some of these auditions, and some of these people actually have talent, but they just don't have the proper setup, so their stuff comes across, like, tinny or just reverb out the backside or whatever it is. 
But then some of these people are also on these bigger platforms like we're on, like Voices.com, for example, and they may beat me to an audition, but their audition may be the cutoff. Like they may, they may be number 29 or 30. I may be 31 or 32, but they only listened to the first 30. And, you know, had I gotten it in earlier, I may have beaten that cutoff point where the last person that did it had no setup or, you know, anything like that. So it's it's I don't want to say that the water has gotten muddied because I haven't been in it long enough to say that. But I it's like wrestling where you see people that invest in gear, invest in presentation and everything they do. And then you see the people that are wearing Walmart gym shorts and karate <laughs> kick pads and tennis shoes, you know, like that don't even look like they exercise or work out and look like the guy in the front row. And they look like the guy in the front row because they brought their entire family. You know, it's like you can tell like who, who puts time and effort into it and who exactly. doesn't. And again, I don't want to dissuade anybody from it, but it's like, if you're going to do it, make the investments and go about doing it the right way. You know, eat, follow sleep, your dreams. And breathe but, it. Yes. Yeah. Eat, sleep, and breathe it. Know what you're getting into. Make sure that you take it one step at a time. Don't focus on what everybody else is doing. Your path is your path for a reason. Yes. And if I can throw this in too, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give a plug again. I plug her every chance I get. But let's go to coaching for a second because when you invest in that too, man, you've also got to invest and do the research for who you're going to trust to coach you. Because some people may have been the big thing 10 or 15 years ago, but you look at their booking history now, and they maybe book something once or twice every two years, but they're teaching you old things that maybe not that may not be the industry standard at this point, or they may just be taking your money. And I hate to say that wrestling, you know, kind of like, again, took the rose-colored shades off and opened my eyes to that, but... You have to be aware of who is teaching you as well because some people may not even know things like what the agencies look for as far as like time limits on a demo or what they're looking for. You know, like, is this what we're looking for? Like, do we want a robot voice on this demo now? Or do we want this? Or is this is this the big thing? Or is this what books now? Like, you have to be aware of all that because people will try and take your money. I hate to say that the world's a, a shady place, but... The world's a shady place. It is what it is. So, you know, like, let's go ahead and plug Elise Bowman for a second here because she is very good with all that. And, I mean, she has been tremendous in helping me. So I've got her information in the show notes every week, EliseCoaches.com. Go check her out and, you know, like, do the research there because, I mean, you look at her history, you look at what she does behind the camera, behind the microphone, she makes it happen, and I mean, she is consistent with what she does, and she has helped a lot of people. That's the kind of track record you want to look for in a coach, and I can't say that enough. If they're just looking for money, they're not into it for their craft. They're into it for their money, and they're not Bingo. going to help you succeed. So you Bingo. want somebody who genuinely cares, the same way that Flynn and I want to hone our craft and help somebody else the way our coaches taught us. Yep. Because especially now you, we need each other in this time. Like, Absolutely. We just need to make time for your loved ones. You need to make time for friends and everything like that. I, I know I'm being sappy and all that stuff, but it's true. It's very true. It is. And I mean, and it's something I still struggle with because I feel like I don't give my family enough attention. I feel like I'm, so motivation driven, like I've got to get this done. I've got to get this done because if I don't do this, I can't do this to provide for my family. But, 
you know, it's like you, you got to find that fine line and you've got to refill your cup and recharge your batteries with the ones you love so that they're getting the best of you too. So, of course. And I can tell that your family is very supportive, supportive of you too. Absolutely. Like I see them always shouting you out. I mean, your kids are always smiling in those pictures. I don't know how much you paid them to make them do that, <laughs> but you know. Uh, Bribe no, them with extra TV time though, at night, you know. I, I can I can see it in your eyes. Like, I can just see how supportive you are. And not everybody has that push, that motivation from others. So I think that definitely helps you with your time and keeps you going. And just the fact that you can wake up in the morning and know that you have a safe space to come home to and just Absolutely. be there. Just in the environment, even if they're sleeping in the other room, you still know that if something happens, you can just wake them up and be like, hey, I'm sorry, I need you right now. And there's yeah. no shame in that whatsoever. Absolutely not. Of course, I need to remind myself of that sometimes, but you're absolutely right. Slapping you, slapping you, slapping you. you know? <laughs> I get that reference. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> But man, let's uh let's take a quick pause here for a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Wait, where'd we go? Uh you tell me. I'm I mean, in a, I know where some people can go, but I won't say that on uh, your podcast. I'm in a <laughs> I'm in a sound treated room of emotion and I can't get out, so I'm a little scared right now. Calm down, Ron Burgundy. <laughs> it's dark. <laughs> I'm frightened. There are kids that are sleeping. I can't be too loud. I, I mean, you're the haunty person, you know. How did you get into that, speaking of? Oh, I man. Okay. That was fascinating. Absolutely. Okay, so cheap plug here, too, guys. Go check out Tales from the Haunt because I actually talk about this uh, on there as well in episode two where I give my backstory. But this is something, and funny how we're talking about this now because as we're recording, we just finished our... Um, it's the Valentine's thing called Love's uh, Love Bites, and you know it's vampire and werewolf themed. And man, I had to uh, was talking in my Brooklyn accent for the entire weekend, you know, when I was having to yell instructions at people, even over groups of kids that were trying to get in fights inside there. It was ridiculous. But anyway, that's so that's what you were talking. I was so yeah. confused when you were saying that, and I'm like, because I'm from New York, and I'm like, what? I had well, I was uh. I was a vampire. I had the leather jacket. I had the cabbie hat. You know, I had the fangs, had the blood in my beard, all that fun stuff. But, you know, trying to yell like that for four hours in the freezing cold over the the noises and the sound effects and the long lines just completely shot my voice and, like, drained my energies the day after. But um, (laughs) truth be told, I actually got into that because I was honestly looking at it as a way to build my voiceover resume and by at that particular time I hadn't really booked anything other than some fan dubs so I was trying to get some more serious things under my belt and on the resume so I just submitted and I also put on there you know like uh demo reel available if requested I I submitted I forget about it I needed to teach myself that for auditions which eventually came on but you know two weeks later I get a call hey this is so and so from um from Nashville Nightmare, um, we want to bring you in and offer you a job. Okay. Um, so I get there. I go and do these. Um, I meet the the other people in the hiring class. Oddly enough, I walk in with my mask on and I have a Vegeta, a Vegeta shirt on. And of course you do. Of course, why not? 
And then there's a guy in there that's a huge Dragon Ball fan. And, you know, like, people find out that I'm a voice actor, I was a wrestler, all this stuff. And one of the guys goes, are you Chris Sabat? I'm like, I wish, but no. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, but no. But um, anyway, turns out the guy who actually pulled my application is a guy that I used to wrestle with his dad back in, like, 2008 and 2009. And he oh, was the wow. hiring he was the hiring guy, so it's like, what like right place, right yeah, time. everything comes back to wrestling, and then it's like you know I was just like you know I don't know what your guys' uh, thoughts are, but if you want, I can just like if you need new voices, I can record them for you, and you know like we just do the pay that way or whatever, and then they're like, well, what would you think about being in the house and being an actor? And I'm like, man, let's give it a try, you know. Had some fun doing some of the exercises that honestly tied back to things that we've done in Jonathan's class, you know, like the animal exercises. Um, They had us do some of that just to kind of see if we would get out of our shells and, you know, have fun with it. And it just kind of progressed from there. And then it's like um, another one of the veteran actors there actually used to wrestle too. Hadn't seen him and God, I don't know how long at this point, but. He told me after one of the last uh, new hire, you know, like just warm up and acting classes, he said, mm-hmm. you need to audition for uh, Q-Line. And I didn't know what that was at the time, but he's like, just stay after, go outside and do it. Trust me, you can talk. I know from you wrestling, you can do it. <laughs> so I did it. Come to find out Q-Line is the the group of actors that are in makeup or, you know, the fire twirlers, or whatever it may be, just the entertainment that's outside the, the haunted houses themselves. And oh, okay. you're the ones that have the first interactions with the customers when they come in the gate, when they're waiting in line to go into the houses or whatever. And, you know, it's not always about scaring the customer, but it's also about entertaining them, which was more my thing. But, you know, it's like, it's like yeah, go out there and do that. And... Oddly enough, me and my friend Jermaine that I rag on every day, I've mentioned him several times on this podcast, after I drug him in and got him, you know, hired on there, we both tried out, we both got on Q-Line, and, you know, it's like just, we got to perform in front of over 60,000 people in, like, that time frame of August, or no, September to uh, mid-November, and of course, in that time frame, I went on, like, a 62 to... 68 day straight working streak and oh my god I almost had a mental breakdown because I was so tired but you know it was like it was so fun because I learned so many new things and like the acting coaching and classing that uh, oh acting coaching and classes I had (laughs) taken sorry I'm I'm getting a little tired here but and that's why I have coffee oh see that's (laughs) gross I'm not gonna drink your diarrhea water but I let wow. you do that. <laughs> You're si- we're siblings. I'll let you get away with it. But um, no, so like I got to apply all that and find different ways to make myself a better actor because, you know, like you're getting some of these people multiple times while they're in line, you know, and you can't hit them with the same material every time. You've got to come up with something different. You've got to find a different way to sneak up on them and scare them or just to entertain them. And then I also got to break out all these different dialects and things that I had learned too. And it just, um, I had people asking me, like, even this past weekend, like, are you from New York? Or <laughs> are you really, are you, 
are you British or like, are you Irish? You know, it's like, I am part Irish, but you know, it's like, okay, I feel some justification now because I feel like what I've done and this money I've spent to better hone my craft has paid off. And like the higher ups and my fellow actors were all like, they were all giving me props or I was making them laugh. And it's like, okay, you guys know the deal. So if I can make you laugh or I can entertain you, then I've done my job because if I can make you laugh, I can make the customer laugh. And you know, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm good. So like I, what I went in expecting it to be just a way to build up my voiceover, you know, resume, but I ended up using it as a way to have fun and become a better actor as a whole too. So it was just a whole new world that I wasn't even expecting. And now it's like, I'm, I'm there until they tell me not to come back. So man, I know it's like, I just told you how to make a watch during all that, but you know, <laughs> no, it works out. I mean, it's great that like you, do all of this and you never know you never would have thought about it and then bada bing bada boom speaking right. of new york um <laughs> you have it on your resume and everyone's like wait you're this this and that that's versatility right there yeah that's what everybody is looking for and it's not an easy thing to do when absolutely you're it. and that's um, one thing I, I always tell like it was one of the first things in my like nine to five job that i said when i was getting hired like in my interview process i said i hate having a comfort zone and I hate getting stagnant and this job was like the perfect way to be versatile because I had three different mask characters outside and then I was also working inside you know the different haunted houses that were there there were six and at one point there were seven and I was working in different ones you know like if we were ever short staffed or they needed somebody to go somewhere else so I was a I was basically the all-around utility player and I got to perform in these different scenes whether it was like being in an exorcism or you know like being uh in a mutant takeover or you know a haunted high school whatever it may be I got to be in there and have fun and get these different characters and it just made the whole experience like you know, it just, it rounded everything out because it's like, you don't get comfortable being one thing. And then you find these different things you can take to the other characters that you keep going back to. So then of course you get permanent bags under your eyes, but that's a different story. Well, then you don't need the makeup. Exactly. Exactly. That was the running joke. <laughs> yep. Um, now I'm going to get a little serious for a moment. Okay. Going with loving your craft and everything. Oh boy. When you get burnout, because everybody gets it, and everybody feels like, you know, oh, I can't do this anymore, uh, why am I doing this, I I've done it, I'm not getting anywhere, blah, 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 what's your process for getting yourself out of it, and how does it affect your, like, how do you get out of it? How does it affect your day? How do you get it to not affect your day? You get what I'm saying? Like I do, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you right now, I still don't know what the process is for me. That's something I'm still in the process of self-discovery. But okay. you know, I've I've gotten better about realizing when it's coming on, as opposed to just kind of like turning my blinders on or, you know, just like you know, giving it the cold shoulder until I can't ignore it anymore. Okay, and I've also course, gotten yeah. better with, you know, communicating to my wife. And even now my family, sometimes it's just like, uh, I'm moody or I'm in a funk. And I don't really know, like, if there's a reason why, 
because I'm still trying to self-process it, and I'm not really a big... I'm still not big on opening up about things, and my wife kind of... We fight about that still. You know, it's like, well, you're being vague with me, or you're doing this, or you're doing that, but it's like, I don't know any other way to explain it. I'm not trying to hide anything, but I'm just moody, or I'm just this, or I'm just tired, you know, whatever it is. And I know a, a big portion of it, too, is I don't get restful sleep, and I don't get enough sleep, but I don't really know what else to do about that, so to speak. Um, and I think a big portion is my mind always starts, you know, like the wheels start turning later at night. Yes. So it's harder that. to shut off. And my birthday's in June, so I'm a cancer, and Woo! I tend to be a little bit more... Um, emotional. Yeah, emotional or empathetic or whatever you want to whatever you want to call it but things tend to hit me a little bit more and mm-hmm. sometimes it can throw off my entire day and I have to like just fake a smile to get through the day but then I I hate this part but I feel comfortable enough at home that sometimes the short-tempered side or just the mopey moody side comes out and I don't want to say that like everybody else gets the better portion of me, but I feel like I suck at explaining this to my wife, but she gets the real me, so to speak, because she sees me when I'm at my most vulnerable and I don't know how to explain that I'm tired or whatever. And I feel like I have to take over and be dad because she's been home with our youngest all day. Or, you know, if it was during COVID, like homeschool, like virtual learning for our oldest and then still managing a one-year-old at that time. So it's like, I just had a stressful day being out in a world where the, every five minutes they tell you, you know, like, oh, you're going to get COVID from this or it lives on your clothes. So you've got to change in your work van, then come inside or, you know, whatever it is, or take a shower when you get home so you don't infect your family. And you have all that going on and you just, you get tired. You get physically and emotionally tired and you don't know how to recover and you just start feeling like you're on a hamster wheel that can't get off. And, you know, it's like, I don't really know a good way to explain that. So I just explain it how I do. And it may come off short to some people, but, I mean, I guess at least I can say I'm getting more aware of when it happens. So I'm still trying to figure out how to, you know, better get around that. But I'm also trying to figure out more things that make me feel fulfilled so that I can start recharging my batteries that way, too, because I have figured out that, that makes a big difference and you know, like if i'm tired and i get to do something with my kids that's fun i end up waking myself up through that and you know i get this emotional high that i enjoy from it but you know then i start doing things that don't fulfill me or you know it's like oh man i've got to go do this now and i've been dreading it so it just drains the tank all over again so i'm still trying to figure that process out myself and it's a it's a work in progress for sure Oh, yeah, and it's a never-ending battle the older you get. Yep. Uh, especially in COVID times. I mean, I hate saying it, but COVID has brought out the best in people and the worst in people. This is true. And that's stressful as it is. You never know who or what you're going to get, who you're going to agree with and disagree with, and that's stressful just thinking about it. You this could is have, true. like, the greatest client in the world and find out that they are not on your side with certain beliefs and views, mm-hmm. and it's like is this really worth it right now? And then you go into this down spiral, like I really want this opportunity, but, yeah. and then you just got to nip it then and there. Like I know that for our improv classes, there are times where you just are like, I had a bad day and we didn't even know, like you said, you masked it. Yeah. Um, 
do you think you would ever have you ever put that emotion in your auditions and then have it get you the gig or close to it and you just feel so good afterwards i don't honestly i don't think i have yet but i haven't really had that one role that i feel like is the one you know like that is the outlet for that i've had some that have come close especially like with the angry temperament part Mm -hmm. but you know that's kind of that 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 precise one hasn't happened just yet but man, I can't wait for that because it's going to be a cathartic <laughs> one for sure. Or they book me some mock, mock oh, auditions, yeah. or just something creating a character and then just curveballing it for a future demo or something might help you with such an outlet as well. Of course, and I'm just gonna yeah. I'm gonna put this out there too because, um, like you said just a second ago, you know, like I would say, you know, like at the end of the of an improv session, like. I needed this today because of of this or whatever it was, but I tend to mask it because I don't want people asking me, you know, like if I'm okay because I know other people have their struggles. And then I've also been guilty of opening up to people I thought I could trust, but then it ends up getting used against me. So I just kind of like, eh, I'll deal with it myself. Not always the right choice, but you know. (laughs) That's that's a very cancerian trait. I know yeah. that for a fact. I live with a cancer as well. Um, those water signs, man, they they bite. They yeah. Very, oh yeah. They're very like, oh my gosh. So I totally understand that, and I'm on the cusp. So I I'm kind of there, but kind of not. Right, right. Um, whether or not people listening in are like, oh, that's BS. Whatever. No, they, they, you 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 go somewhere. Um, <laughs> go on, get. I said get. Get. Um, no, but I totally understand that. And I'm sure, um, like I said, you have a wonderful support system and you're so lucky for that because unfortunately not everybody else is so lucky and they have to go from a deeper standpoint to work Mm -hmm. their way back up. Um, you and I are the motivators here trying to help them as well, but you also got to realize if you're not your best self, I don't want to say you're lying to whoever you're helping out. Yeah. But if they catch that, then it's like, oh, well, if he's doing it, then I can do it, too. And then Absolutely. you have this domino effect, and you don't want to give a domino effect to somebody else. No. Because, like you said, you don't know what's going on in somebody else's life. Very so true. You put in, yeah, you put in what you get out. And karma, I'm a firm believer in karma, and I think you're doing everything right. I think you're doing a wonderful job. Thank you. Everybody is going to be their own worst critic. Very true. Like I said, I've seen your growth, and I've only known you for a little over a year. Oh, it's, by the time this airs, it'll be almost two years. Oh my god! But also, <laughs> I've got to I've got to get this in because unintentionally, you just like set the seeds for me to pick up on. Uh, just to plug for another episode that's coming up in the near future, um, we're gonna actually Ooh, have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I swear we didn't plan this out ahead of time, but um, <laughs> another former guest from season one who actually has the word karma in her name, is going to be coming back on. And something she said um, in her episode was, I can't give to other people if I don't have a full cup to give from. Like, So if I'm just pulling from an empty oh, I cup, I have nothing to give. So go back and listen to Suzanne DeKarma's episode in season one 
Because, I mean, that pretty much what you just said encapsulates that meaning right there completely. And then she's also going to be coming on in the near future to flip the script again and interview me. And it's going to be about imposter syndrome. So it all kind of goes hand in hand with this right here. So it's like, Absolutely. you know, it's like you can't give your best self if, you, if you're not taking care of yourself. Because like you said, somebody that looks up to you could see you getting away with doing something like that. And think it's the right thing to do or think it's okay. And then they just start that downward spiral right there. And it's all because they saw you do it. So how do, who does that really benefit? I'm not trying to age us here. But right? uh, do, do you ever watch Hey Arnold as a kid? Oh my god, I love that show. Do you remember the Eugene episode where he's going to that film episode and finding his favorite actor? Yes, the abdicator. Doesn't, yeah, and he doesn't do his own stunt, so he becomes this, like, bully and asshole. And yes. Like, oh, but then he becomes his own hero, and then it's like this whole beautiful moral. It's yep. like, and you, you know, you're my hero. And Eugene blah, blah, gets blah. the leather jacket, and then um, yeah. the abdicator gets his apricot juice. Where is my apricot juice? You know, that, that whole thing. <laughs> exactly, uh, exactly. How did I remember all that? Good Lord. Uh, <laughs> I love Nickelodeon. Yes, Old yes. Nickelodeon was the best. I've been on a Keenan and Kel kick. Oh, beautiful. Like, I freaking love Oh my God! Then I live in the '90s. It's it's just so good. where my brain goes. So good. Um, it was such a simpler time. You look back at some of the technology, and could you imagine voiceover back then in COVID times? Oh it my would be God. a totally insane thing because you wouldn't know how to do studios and setup and technology. Mm. Like we have Source Connect and all that. Stuff. And I think they had reel to reel or something like that, like with yeah, tape cassettes. Or CDs. Or, yes. Oh my God. Back before Al Gore ruined us with the internet. God, I'm super serial. Oh God. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Whew. Good Lord. Man, bear but pig. It just, it just makes you think, where right? it's like, if you're wondering or you're thinking you're not good enough or you're just in that bad state of mind, just remember, like, what would it have been and where I am now? It's like you have to get to a place to get mm -hmm. to where you are now. And you've come this far. Absolutely. Totally come this far. So, I mean, you just got to keep going. Yeah. Everyone has these these episodes and fails and you're, you're not perfect. And that's what makes you. Right. Human, you know? Right. And I think one cool thing, too, is like, like you said, I didn't come this far just to come this far. But I mean, like, as we're recording this. I signed off I didn't on. Make that quote, by the way. Right, 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 Facebook. right. So like, Whoever, I love it. So. We don't know who made who said it originally, but we, you know, do credit to them. But I mean, like, exactly. if I hadn't come this far, I wouldn't have got to claim my voiceover business as a small business on my tax return, and you know, like, mm -hmm. get more money back. Like, don't get me wrong; it's a shot in the gut to see how much over two years you've spent, like, investing in this with classes, getting demos produced, and equipment and all this other stuff but i mean like when you actually get to see it and you get to know that like oh man this is actually a a business now because i've made money with it like it's an inspiring thing even though sometimes you do feel like you're not doing your best at it or you don't you have to remind yourself okay i didn't get this but that doesn't mean i'm bad but it also means i don't know how many people i was up against that they actually exactly. listened to or did they even know what they were looking for, and was I it? You know, it's so subjective. Sometimes you don't know. 
Sometimes they don't even know what they're looking no. for. And then you could be that one person. They could be having a bad day. And you're not even realizing that, you know, you could be having a bad day. They could be having a bad day. And then they hear you and it's like a total 180. Yep. You just never know. Like, I used to watch American Idol as a kid and, you know listening and hearing thousands of auditions mm-hmm. and then you just get that one spark and you're just in that right place at the right time and it's magic yeah man, I mean, it's... my childhood self is like jumping with Yu-Gi-Oh. absolutely like, oh yes we got oh, in god we got to give you credit on that so do share for a second do share about your uh because yes. i teased it let's talk <laughs> about that bucket list goal Oh, yes. So I am a child and who loves children's trading card games. I know this is about Flynn, but um, just thinking about that whole thing, I've been a Yu-Gi-Oh! fan since I was 12 years old to the point where I have a Joey Wheeler standee as my good luck charm in my studio. Yep, I've seen it. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, long story short, I got some auditions and then come August, the week of my driver's license, I ended up in Yu-Gi-Oh! Rush Duel, Dawn of the Battle Royale as a son. Nice, nice. And I never thought that in a million years I would be on Yu-Gi-Oh! But I was just like, I want to do that. I want to be one of my favorite characters. I want to do all of that. And here I am. So it's like, yeah, maybe I didn't get the Sailor Moon role or the My Dress Up Darling or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean... Like what you said, it doesn't mean I'm bad. It just means that they haven't found me yet. Exactly. It doesn't mean that you're bad. And you're never too late for this. No. You know, everyone puts a, a timer on everything. It, it's not about how old you are or how long you've been in this business. Once you get it, you get it. Absolutely. And it's going to be your one of your best feelings ever. And it's only the beginning. That's it. And I mean, the thing is, too, is like the first voiceover coach I had was um, it wasn't a one on one coaching. But, you know, like if a lot of people are familiar with um, with Steve Bloom and the Bloom Vox Studios thing, yes. one of the things he says is, you know, like he didn't discover voiceover until he was, I think, in his late 30s or early 40s. And at that point, too, you know, like he had racked up an insane amount of debt that he thought he was never going to get out of. And then yes. it just it all started clicking for him because I think he got the uh, the Seven Eleven spot, and then it just started progressing from there. Cowboy Bebop, Star Wars, Wolverine, you name it, he's done it. But he didn't get into this until like what pe- most people would consider midlife. So you can never get you know you can't ever say that it's too late to start something. Sonny Strait didn't book Krillin until he was like thirty two or thirty three. So I think we're in the wheelhouse for the right age. I don't, I don't yeah. want to say there's a right or wrong age because then I sound hypocritical, but you get what I mean. Yeah. Like, Megan Hollingshead, my Valentine, my favorite character of all time that I cosplay, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Not trying to age her. I'm sorry, Megan. She was 30 when she was my, and I'm 30 when I got a sauna. So it's like I'm following in my favorite right. voice actor's footsteps right there. And I, man, I, I mean... I got to say, too, it's a it's a hard thing for me sometimes because, unfortunately, with the wrestling thing, um, especially when it comes to WWE, the whole mindset was the younger, the better. And when I was wrestling full time, like 21, 22, 23, I'm like, OK, I've got to get signed in this time. But again, everything is so subjective that it's out of your hands. You could do everything right and you would never get on their radar. But I mean, like 
they tell you at certain points, and they, they change their minds so frequently that it's like, 32 is too old, 35 is too old, and then sometimes I'm still guilty of like seeing like, okay, so-and-so is this age, and they're already doing all this. Well, I have to remind myself, that's their journey. That's not my journey. So I'm different from them, but there's still a place at the table for me with what I bring. So I just have to bring myself back to reality and remind myself of that. So don't be afraid. Look at Nancy Cartwright. Look at Debbie Derryberry. Look at Tara Strong. They're all playing kids. Sarah Natacheny, Veronica Taylor. Like they're Mm -hmm. all playing these kids' roles. Yep. And they've been doing it for years and they're phenomenal and people look up to them. And I mean, if you got it, flaunt it. There's no wrong way to do it. I mean, there's this whole thing on Facebook. Tina Fey didn't get her first gig until she was 32 and Amy Poehler was 30. Like you're in your prime right now. You're, this is the best years of our lives. Like this is where it starts and you know, don't get discouraged if you don't have it by the time you're 40 or 50. Absolutely. Keep going. People are graduating college now in their 60s. Yep. You know? It's never too late to make yourself proud of what you're doing, too. That's the, Exactly. That's the biggest thing. And, of course, you know, if you've got a family or you've got other responsibilities, by all means, do not put those to the side just to pursue your passion because... That's the one thing I hate about most wrestlers, and part of what also made me not want to go back was you see people that don't want to work a real job, so they just work crappy little indie shows and then get hurt and do a GoFundMe because they don't want to support themselves. But, you know, like if if you're passionate about something, follow those dreams, but don't sacrifice your family and the people that depend on you. Make it work. Stay humble. Yes. Stay humble. Don't lose yourself in the making of it. Stay humble. Stay like driven. You, you're not being real. And they're going to see that. And, yes. You know, that's why you're so inspirational with all of the things that you do. You're able to juggle it all. And that's just really inspiring. And I, I keep using magic, but it is really sweet and, you know, sincere. Like, well, you thank are sincere. You. And it's it's great to see. I like I see how proud you are. I see how motivated you are, and that's what's got to keep you going. You know, Absolutely. You're gonna have good days. You're gonna have bad days. That's just the craft. That's yep. just like that's I just said, life. What makes you human? Yeah, that's life. That is life, and I mean that's the thing too. Is just people have to realize that it's not always gonna be you know sunshine and rainbows. Uh, you know, there's going to be ups and downs, but that is also what makes you appreciate the journey and the finish line overall, too. Took the words right out of my mouth. Literally, I was like, <laughs> you just did it. That's. I swear we head. didn't plan this, though. I swear <laughs> we didn't plan this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's what he always says at improv, and then it's like, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> but it happens. It's like simpatico. It's simpatico. Yep. Man, like, dude, how has this almost been an hour already? That's just, we vibing. Pretty it's, much. It's, we vibing. Pretty know? much. So let me ask you this. Are we vibing for you to, uh, vibing enough for you to flip the script and throw some unscripted questions my way? Uh, I guess we could try. Keeping in, uh, keeping in trend with what we've been doing here on season two. I know Jen has been asking me the questions so far, or actually, you know what? Why don't we change it up a little bit? And why don't I ask you the question since you've been doing the heavy lifting so far? 
Oh, crap. I don't have my bat. All right. Yeah, bring it. <laughs> all right. All right. So, again, these are the rules. The person asking the questions is the only one that knows them ahead of time. The person who is answering them is completely on the spot. And these are all just for fun. They can be deep. They can be insightful. They can be just off the wall. So we're going to go a little all over the place. All right. First question. What specifically made you want to become an actor and a voice actor? Okay, well, I just was a very animated child my Mm -hmm. whole life. So, I mean, I was brought up on musicals and the 60s music and just, it was an easier time back then. Um, So I knew I wanted to do something in the arts. I loved the spotlight, being an only child. And yes, I'm June, but I'm a Gemini, so we love the spotlight. Um, There was one time, apparently, where I was in Sears. And I just randomly just started singing over the rainbow in the middle of the furniture. Oh, wow. And I drew a crowd, and I took piano lessons, and I had an ear for music, and I just knew I wanted to do something with the arts. I used to go on go as a kid, which was just going into the city, modeling, doing commercial work. Mm-hmm. It's one of those, had I know that, known then what I know now... Who, it would have been a whole different ballgame because I hated going into the city. I was like, I don't want to. I want to be a kid. I want to do what I want to do. And um, there was one time where I nailed this commercial. It was a Welch's grape juice commercial. Nice. And uh, the agent loved me. I did everything right. And then he leans over and goes, tell me, little girl, do you like Welch's grape juice? And I looked him dead in the eye and I said, blech. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 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 I used to uh, say I did not get that commercial. So Welch's, if you hear me now, I love Welch's grape juice. I will do your voiceovers for the rest of my life. Just, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> so then later down the line, I just fell in love with theater. I knew I wanted to do it, but I'm not a dancer. So, and I'm a little heavier than what they would want in the Broadway community. I mean, now they're branching out. Right, right. Um. But I'm still not a dancer. I'm a double threat, not a triple threat. I gotcha. Maybe not even a threat at all. I mean, I'm Kirby. So, (laughs) um, but then I was like in college and I had loved anime from the time I was seven years old. Sailor Moon was Mm -hmm. the catalyst to all of it. Oh, yeah. Um, My friend was in a media studies class and she said, hey, we need somebody to do voice work for me, for us. I was like, voice work? Why didn't I think of that? And then all of a sudden, I was like, I want to do that. I mean, you don't need a certain look for it. You don't need a, to dance. You just got to be yourself and do what you got to do. And then here I am. I was at Liberty Comic Con, and there was a kiosk outside with a picture of Yami Yugi on it. And you know me and Yu-Gi-Oh. Yep. I'm like, what is this? Edge Studios, shout out to them. They're like, yeah, he's one. Dan Green is one of our coaches. And I'm like, What? what? And that was the rest was history. He evaluated me. I got my demo, and now I'm here. Nice, nice, man. Okay, so here's uh, I guess question number three now, or is it number two? I've I've already lost count. I think it was like a double question. Okay, so two or three. We'll say matter. we'll say two then. Okay, so when you meet somebody that is that involved, when you know, like with something that you grew up on, and you were like just so such a diehard fan of. How do you keep it in check where, like, you're not fangirling over who it is, but you're still able to be professional and sit under the learning tree without just, like, 
losing your ever-loving mind over that. How do you handle that? A lot of deep breaths. <laughs> Sounds about um, right. Just realize that they're human. They've been through it. They've been where you are. And, you know, treat them like a normal person. Don't be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, it's you. Oh, I love you so much. I'm going to faint. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to keep it professional. Like, they all knew after yeah. a while oh, yeah. that I was a total fangirl. But they also were like, you know how to keep the line between professionalism and fangirl. Of course. When I'm at a convention cosplaying, I can be the fangirl. When I'm in the studio having a session and learning, I'm a student. So it's one of those things where it's like, no, they are here to teach you, not give you an autograph. Yep. And I find the teaching a lot more rewarding than any autograph because I have that memory. I take in what they taught me like a sponge. I'm able to adapt and take direction. Like when I first worked with Darren Dunstan in his class at Actors Connection, um, I said to him, I said, yeah, I've been working with Dan Green. I just want to know what I can do to be on your roster or anything like that. And he said, well, email me again in the future. Your demo, I'm sure, will be great. And, you know, you just know your fine line between fangirl and um, your acting. And he said, you have the acting skills to back it up. It's like, you're not just a fangirl. Be yourself. Yes. But be yourself in a professional way. Don't um. take away yourself. But make sure you are attentive, alert, don't just stare at them like, oh, my God, I just want to give you a hug. You're amazing. Take in what they're giving you because they're not doing this just to blow smoke. They want to see you succeed just as much as you want to succeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, again, you know, those may be your peers down the road. And if they have that much faith in you and you're working on a project together, then everybody oh wins. Everybody wins. All right, so next question. (laughs) What was it about improv that, you know, like, that made you want to start doing that? How did you get connected with Jonathan? I got connected with Jonathan through Chuck Huber's Now Do This, Mm -hmm. and I thought it would be a lot of fun. Um, When I was first starting my voiceover stuff, every single class that I would take, no matter who it was, you have to have acting skills, And it helps to have improv. Yep. And being in New York, you know, there's always those improv troops and everything like that. And I, before COVID hit, I had a friend that was in an improv troupe. And I was like, this looks so much fun. I love Whose Line Is It Anyway. But there's a lot that goes into it more than Whose Line. Absolutely. As we've learned. Yes, we have. Um, But, you know, it was just something that I wanted to be quicker with my auditions like oh you're swimming in a pool and you're with this herd of aliens and the cow is about to abduct you instead of the alien what are you gonna do like you know something stupid like that mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta be in that moment you gotta become that abductor abductee person you gotta realize where you are the five w's are very important of course and it helps when you're in the booth because being a voice actor you're playing pretend But you still, you as the actor, have to visualize all of it. Yes, very much so. And it has to be, 
there has to be a little portion of you that is authentic to that to bring it to the forefront too. So that makes so much sense to me. Yeah, making the bubbles of when you're growling or just in general, like screaming. You gotta know how to scream properly. You gotta know yep. how to breathe. You gotta know how to like pretend you're running but not make the sound in the squeaky chair. You should be really standing. I know I'm yes. guilty of not, but um, you know when you're out of breath and you're running, like I'm gonna be late for school. What am I gonna do? Like you just gotta be ready for everything, and that's what improv teaches you: be yep. ready for everything absolutely because i I love the curveball exercise so much yes yes because i mean it you know the director could literally throw you a curveball too like you may have nailed a take but they may want to get some you know just for backup and just see how it sounds a certain way and you won't know what that is beforehand so it could be Mm -hmm. hey jen read me this line like you're running late for school or Mm -hmm. like you're drowning in a pool you know like you never know what the what the final take is going to be but Sometimes they come up with this stuff on the fly, and you've got to be able to adapt. It's sink or swim. Like, I was in a session today, and they, they were telling me, oh, yeah, that's cute. I didn't think of it that way. Do you like this? Yeah, I like this. All right, let's keep going. Like, it was just like, oh, that was fun and weird. We like it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that actually leads me to my next question, because this is one that I am uh, I still struggle with from time to time. But when you're at home and you're having to self-direct, have you found that the improv we've been doing for almost two years now has helped you get out of your own way with the self-directing process and just have fun with what you're doing? Or 100%. Good, good. And what was it like for you when that light bulb clicked? Like, they just, what was that like? Well, like I said, I'm naturally an animated person. So I'm, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think my own personal self-direction is pretty good because when I'll do a read for someone in the booth they'll say oh I like your choices that you're making I like your emphasis on certain words Mm -hmm. but then when it's saying oh do it this way I get that curveball thrown at me I'm like oh I didn't think of it like that before like yeah a food commercial it can be really exciting like yeah we're going to McDonald's and then next time it's like the juicy burger that you see in front of you. Like, you know what I mean? Yum. Like, you could do it two totally different ways. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they, when this, especially when the specs say N-A, you're like, shit, how do they want this? Mm-hmm. I, I really got to think about it. And then I'm like, all right, who am I talking to? Am I talking to Flynn? Am I talking to Marie? Am I talking to Jonathan? Who am I talking to? Who really <laughs> wants this burger right now? Now Absolutely. I really want a burger, even though I had one last night. Anyway, right, that's right. Just- <laughs> Man, you're manifesting it somehow, some way. Uh, that mouth-watery goodness. Everyone will get burger now after this. Just don't get Flynn's because they're always well done. Uh, I, I, li- I like my meat how I like my meat. Stop judging me. I'm pretty sure that's illegal in today's day and age. But and if you're vegetarian, get a plant burger. It's fine. Yeah, Boca or, you know, Impossible, whatever, whatever your preference may be. But now, my last question. What has yes. it been like for you in improv developing the family bond that we all have, even though it's through Zoom, it's like we all know each other and we're all around the world. We have people in our group and our family in the Philippines. We've had people in South America. We're all over the U.S. too. Like, what has it been like for you developing that family, especially as some people have come and gone, but, you know, it's like the relationship is still there. What does that mean to you? It's 
honestly been a, I don't want to say a lifesaver, but it's been definitely one of the highs and what has kept me going through this hard time. Um, in my first interview, I said I lost my relatives yep. through this COVID time, and it was very rough for me. So finding you all and just having a good laugh and, you know, just meeting and connecting. Like, we didn't know what we were going to expect when level one hit. We Mm-mm. had no idea. Mm-mm. Mind you, I saw Marie back in December, and we acted like we knew each other forever. Even yeah. my roommate Amy and Marie, they like hit it off like they knew each other. They're like, oh my God, are we the same person? And it just feels like through Zoom, even though we're through a virtual screen, we know what we look like. We know what we sound like. We've spoken to each other enough. We've had this group chat for a year and a half now. Yep. We've seen our ups and downs, you know. We, we are a family. We are a dysfunctional, beautiful family. And, you know learning different cultures from the Philippines. Like I want to try Halo Halo so bad. <laughs> um, and just working with a language barrier, like there's a slight language barrier, but not completely because they do understand what we're saying, but to learn their culture and learn how, Oh, they get up at seven o'clock in the morning to mm-hmm. do this with this dedication. You know that you're loved. You know that you're going to have a good time on Monday yep. night or Monday morning you don't know what you're going to get into or what's going to come out of each other's mouth. And we just all go with it. Yep. That's it. And that's the beauty of it. We trust each other. And I think throughout all of this, like even I miss Celeste so much. She was in our oh, yeah. one and two. And we still talk on occasion. She's like, I miss all of you, Sophie, you know, Joy. We're all connected. I met Mikey too. And Mikey was the same as he was outside also. It's, it's, what you see is what you get with us and yeah. we don't need improv for that. You know, we have the improv and I'm convinced that, yeah, Jonathan was right. We could definitely do our own improv troupe when this is, when we get to that point and we feel like we can all do it, make everybody else laugh. Like, Hey, we're going to put on a show for you guys today because why the heck not? You know, that would be a lot of fun if we did like an improv podcast. Oh God. Don't, don't if tempt me, played- Satan. If we if we play games all on your pod, that would be so much fun. Oh, oh man! Season yeah. three is coming. Season three yeah. is coming. <laughs> <laughs> like and subscribe if you want to see all of us do shenanigans. Yes, yes. <laughs> cheap plug. She's already getting to that point. But man, like, dude, I love all these answers, and I have loved <laughs> being able to bear my soul a little bit for this conversation too. So, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for. Thank you being so willing to come back on and give me some grief, ask some hard questions and just bear the weight of the show and, you know, keep the show afloat. So I appreciate that. Any time. It's like therapy, you know, it's just, it really is. I've been talking. I'll, I'll make you a coffee lover yet. Don't worry. Oh, if my wife couldn't do it, I, I can't say that you will. So I'll message her and be like, yo, we got to do this now. <laughs> I will say aim your goals high, but not that high. <laughs> But man, this has been fun. So thank you again. And I hope you guys are enjoying this format change for a little bit too. But man, as we get closer and closer to the end here, guys, we are getting ready for some big season finales and getting ready for a big one-year special. I mean, when you see the guest I got lined up for that one, I know childhood me is already is already like still trying to hold it under wraps. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you the interview's already been recorded, 
But, you know, again, I'm just waiting for the right time to drop it. Same with the episode beforehand, the semi-main event, as we call it in wrestling. So you guys are going to get a nice one-two punch to uh, to round out our first year of the I Know You Hear Me podcast and set the bar pretty high and see where we can take it even further in Season 3. So, I mean, God, if you're Has not... Has it really been a year? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, Oh my gosh. Like, I lost my mind when I realized uh, that... You know, we were already halfway through the year starting season two. And it's like, I even had to type it in the caption because I didn't know what else to say. Like, literally, I did not think people would care enough or be interested enough to keep listening this long, let alone that the podcast would get picked up to go on a network somewhere. Like, mind blown. You know, mind blown. So I'm so proud of you. I am, thank I you. really am. Like this is awesome. You're like I'm going to start a podcast and look at you doing it, man. Look at you. Whatever, I do what I want. But uh Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, man, I, and I'll be honest too. It's like it, again, I wish I could say there was more thought behind it. Like I I'd been thinking about doing this for a while. I still have other podcasts that will need to be started here um when I have time to actually dedicate to it and do it properly. But, you know, it's literally, it's something that's been in the back of my mind for so long because I know such an eclectic and diverse group of people that have such interesting stories. And I just, I happened to be walking through a podcast convention at one of my customers in Nashville. And it's like, okay, I've got to get something going here. Like, I can't just sit on this. And then the next week, I was recording the first episode. It was just like... I wish I could say there was more thought involved in it, but I literally just started messaging my friends and saying, hey, you know, do you want to be on my podcast? This is the premises. And I think I even asked you in some of the improv group, like, what do you guys think about a podcast with this premises and would you, or this premise, not premises, because that's a property, I believe. But anyway, you know, and then would you guys want to be guests on here? And some of you already have, but, you know, and it's just like, okay, this is something that not a lot of people are looking at or talking about. And, you get to see these people that we label as successes, but you don't know what all went on behind the scenes where they struggled, and they're willing to talk about it, and then it's just like, bing, bang, boom. Here we go. Here we are. I'm not perfect. I've got a lot to learn from these people, so let's have some fun. There it is. And we are, and that's the best part. You have fun. You see how fast the time goes, yep. and you just keep going, and, and more people will be drawn to you the more fun you have. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Everything right. <laughs> like, like Jen said, like and subscribe already. And if you haven't yet, what are you waiting for? What is wrong with you? No, I, I don't mean that. But, you know, seriously, go like and su- <laughs> go like and subscribe because, honestly, guys, that is the biggest thing that helps me out here. And it also helps out my other podcast, Tales from the Haunt, because if you go like and subscribe, leave us a five-star review if you think we've earned it. That helps the algorithm, and it helps me out more than you realize. Just like following us on all social media platforms helps as well. I've got links to all that in the show notes. So like I said, go back and listen to all of the awesome guests we've had up to this point, both from Season 1 and Season 2. Go listen to Jen's episode again in Season 1 and just see how far she's come in this almost year's time. Like like I said, she's kicked ass and took names, and here we are now. So, you know, like there's a lot that's changed in such a short period of time, and it puts a lot of things in perspective and there's little things that people can take and apply to their everyday lives. And that's the biggest reason I wanted to start this. So if you look at 
you know, if you're looking for motivation, inspiration, or you feel like you're going through something that maybe nobody else is, go give one of these episodes a listen because I guarantee you, you'll find something you can do to help yourself and help elevate your mood and maybe somebody else you know too. So like, subscribe, share, and just enjoy more than anything else. Uh, Jen, you got anything else you want to leave us with here tonight? Just keep giving it, keep giving it forward, and just keep being your best selves that you can be, and that's that'll help you on your journey. Absolutely. And here's another little spoiler for later on in the Season 2. As a wise marketing coach and possibly semi-main event guest once said, go get it. If you want something, go get it. It's as simple as that. Have the drive, have the hustle, have the passion, be the good in the world that you want to see. Pay it forward. We need that montage music in the background. Yes. Somebody get the uh, get the Rocky producers or get Trey Parker and Matt Stone and give me the montage music. But uh, we'll uh, we'll cross that bridge later, and I'll get on my hands and knees and beg for that. But man, anyway, <laughs> guys, before I ramble on and you start, you hit the stop button, which I hope you don't do. I'm gonna go ahead and say thank you for myself. Thank you to Jen. Thank you all for continuing to tune in as we get closer to our one-year anniversary. It's going to keep getting bigger and better, and it's only going to go up from here. So, guys, in the meantime, before I come back to you next week, go out and do some good in the world. Have some fun and help somebody out if it's within your power to do so. And for myself, for Jen, we thank you for tuning in tonight, and we'll talk to you again next week. And I know you hear me. The I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.